This is the Manips and Sips podcast show, featuring two fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic and sports physical therapists. Join us as we talk all things physical therapy, manual therapy, performance, business, education, research, and of course, Sips. Hey everyone, this is the Nips and Sips podcast show featuring me. I'm Dr. Jeremy Boyd and my usual partner in crime over there, Dr. Brandon Cruz. Today we're going to be picking up where we left off last time, where we discuss the things that we just don't do so much anymore. Uh, last time was a little bit more manual and some other discussion things. Now we're going to talk more about some exercises that kind of have been weeded out from our uh, clinical uh, care here. But before I get into it too much, Brandon, how's it going? Going well. Sorry, Jerry, while you're talking, I'm over here playing with the lighting. Light. <laughs> uh, how's that looking? Yeah. Is that too uh, much, too little? That, that, that's, that's not, well. It's like blind. That, that's probably your best spot right there. All right, we'll leave that alone. You got to get yeah. this. I don't know if you there can see go. it. I need to get that big ring like oh, you, yeah, you have. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't like it blasting me in the face. I don't know. You know how what? You're... It's really not that bad. Like, I thought it was, uh, and like. You know, this this podcast is already going for a whirl here, but you can like play around with the uh, with the coloring here. I can I can knock this bad boy all the way down. But oh, all right, oh, you got a control too. See, you, yeah. I splurged on a projector. You splurged on a oh, this is ring. This is a Christmas gift. <laughs> oh, there you go from the from wifey. Uh, wifey's mom, Mama Megger. Oh. So thank you for that, thank Mama Megger's. Uh, She's maybe saw a couple of videos and saw how ghetto it was the first couple of times and just decided to hook me up with this. Uh, there it is. Living large now. Nice. But, uh, um, yeah. All right. So back to back to our today's topic where we're, we're going to be picking up where we left off uh, in our last episode on how basically we don't we don't do anything. Right. That's what Jamie was talking about, except today's more on the uh, Therex side. Um, yeah. We'll start with our drinks. Actually, I'm probably gonna have to need to get another one. So, some point oh, when you're talking, um, I'm gonna get another one. I started with uh, Buffalo Trace. Oh, that's uh, a good a little stiffer today. It's been a long day. It's been a long week. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what I got. Jay, what do you got today? Uh, yeah, for viewers at home, Brandon just opened up a second office and he's been grinding. So, uh, cheers to him on that. Thanks, man. Um, I got uh, Seneca Lake Big Ben Porter. Uh, I just went up to the Finger Lakes to celebrate our third anniversary with yeah, this uh, there. Um, kind of funny. It's about it says Big Ben, poor Big Ben, and uh, over in Pittsburgh is not doing too hot. But uh, I already had this at the actual brewery. Uh, real good classic uh, style of porter with you know those chocolate and coffee taste to it. Um, I, I did appreciate it. Uh, being that I'm a big porter person, as it's getting a little bit cooler, um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of these type of drinks. Uh, so I'm going to give it a eight flat from what I remember. Uh, I'll see if it's any different, you know, you know, from the bottle over here. But that's um, pre-starting my my rankings. It may evolve. Um, and, and it's probably my coolest glass is this one. I don't know if I brought it onto the show before, but Prost in Denver, Colorado. Awesome place. We got this vortexy sort of glass here. Um, so like cool place if you ever guys go. Denver is an awesome place for breweries for anybody who's interested. Yeah, they have a lot there. They have that whole strip there. Yeah. But it's looking good. Here's the poor man. You should get uh you're like a master pourer. 
well, I guess that, you know, 50 plus episodes of this. Every once in a while, if you see me like not do that, it's usually because something's happening bad. <laughs> Something spill. I, I've had a couple spills on the show if you look at the videos. <laughs> but um, cheers. Them out. Yeah. And uh, congrats to uh, you and Alyssa on the third anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. It's good. Sticking with my, my, my initial rating there of eight. Yeah, I thought you were gonna uh, start to lighten up. Yeah, no, no, eight. I was hoping for going for a little bit more, but it's it's not as and as tasteful as it was there. Um, so I'm not gonna downgrade them because I had the original there, but I'm still enjoying it. So real cool place, so awesome brewery. It's called the Bureaucracies. I guess they're like outside area. But they have cornhole, um, ladder golf, uh, the frisbee thing where you slap it down, other frisbee thing where you try and knock it off. So real cool spot. But can jam's tough, huh? Said can jam's tough. We didn't get to play that one. Uh, My bud just mopped up on me on uh, on cornhole for the most part. So um, we had having drinks in your hand while playing can jam seemed. Uh, seemed like not a good idea at the time. But, uh, yeah, Brandon, anything uh, you want to kick us off with uh, with some of the exercises uh, that you don't typically do so much? Yeah, um, one of them, and I'm sure I'm going to – some random ones are going to pop in as we, as we talk here. Um, this one I'll say I, I stopped doing – and I've probably started to go back to it and it's your simple rotator cuff exercises, your ERs, uh, which I think we as a profession just do way too much of it in every different angle and plane that you can to think of um, yeah. for any type of shoulder pain, no real thought involved. And uh, if you guys have listened to our other podcasts, I've definitely moved away from that and focused more around, Periscapular muscles and scapular through the rhythm and thoracic extension, things like that. But uh, I have actually recently begun to to go back to them, uh, you know, for certain patients here and there. So that's that's one exercise that I've stopped and gone back to. And then rolling patterns, um, I pretty much just don't even do anymore. Um, I was very big into great cook and movement and Shirley Sarman and all, you know, I, you know. Who, who else was out there? Mike Boyle. And, and don't get me wrong, they, they have done a lot for this profession in terms of joint-by-joint joint approach and regenerative dependence and, and just analyzing movement. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've moved away from the rolling pattern stuff um, for the most part. You know, maybe once in a blue. You know, it's in, my, it's in my toolbox. If I need it, it has a lot of dust on it. I know how to do it still, but um, definitely not – doing it like i used to so those are probably my my uh first two that are coming to mind yeah uh, right now what about yourself um yeah i'll just piggyback off you i was definitely the blast out those external rotators um geez uh, all the time sideline er all of them uh 90 90 i still incorporate them but usually was you know my rationale was you know, it was painful or weak with external rotation. So you got to strengthen it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
now, you know, really testing it and then doing good t- test retest, playing around with some other things. You can take a three minus or two plus uh, out of five ER strength and within a session make it four plus five out of five pain-free by playing around with these other things or doing some manual techniques. So is there a real weakness? Probably not um, for most individuals, but yeah, I'll integrate some stuff. The body blade, I don't, I don't utilize as much as a body blade king, uh, you know, going off the same topic, uh, all the different planes and, mm-hmm. you know, just 30 seconds. And then when things got boring, I'd like go for 60. Um, again, still in the, in the, in the office, but you know, not, not nearly used as, as much as I, I think it was every shoulder patient. I was like, it's a good warm up. Hold up. I'm sorry. <clears throat> sorry to interrupt. Go, go, go. What's up with the shirt, man? I just noticed I, I, it. I, I didn't, where, where's mine? What I, I was going to ask you at the end of the show what color you want. There's going to be there's, there's colors for you. Damn, man. That's, I, that's I, I, I was going to give it as a gift for this weekend. We okay. All right, this all right. weekend. Well, then you shouldn't have worn it on the show, man. I know, but I got to represent, you know, I'm looking, I got to look fresh a little got, bit. We have, ne- you know, we have there, another show colors coming for you. Know, there's colors. Well, now, now that you kind of spoiled the surprise, it's red, white, or blue. Well, you spoiled the surprise. I mean, yeah, well, I had a, I, I got excited about it. I got some Puma. I'm looking fresh. I know, I got the, you, you got know, the Puma. You know or... what they say is, you know, you you look good, you train good. You know, if I'm looking good, I'm going to be looking good on the show. Best freaking podcast yeah, ever. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to step up my game. You know, it's clearly right. not that much up in here. It's 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 appearance here. It's there. You know? right. well, I really need to go back to the sunglasses. If I had the sunglasses and the polo, then I'd be the best fucking podcaster in the planet. But yeah, uh, yeah I love those the downstairs so. glasses and the polo. But uh, yeah, you'll begin yours. Don't worry, I ordered extra. So for for those of you who you're you're faster than me because I still need to get the IOSMT polos. I, I got the t-shirts finally. Mm-hmm. Um, I suck at that. But <laughs> um, anyway, those of you who are listening on audio and not the uh, the YouTube version on on video, Jeremy just launched the Rehab Coaches, which is for uh, you know uh, rehab professionals looking to open up uh, their own you know, place going to business themselves, entrepreneurial, and especially the ones who have, you know, really focused their skill set on the clinical side and now want to be able to transition over. Um, Jeremy just launched that what, last week, right? Um, last week, officially got the officially. websites open. It's uh, Um Yeah, it's definitely catered to people who want to use clinical expertise to kind of advance themselves, uh, whether that be, you know, opening up their own practice, entrepreneurship and other facets, um, or like going into education. So, you know, me and Brandon have had a lot of experience into a lot of different things, uh, whether it's Brandon start up a PT practice, um, owning our own practices, going into education. So hopefully helping to, uh, lead next, uh, generation of uh, PTs and the entrepreneurial spirit that we're starting to see. So hopefully we can help mentor some out. Um, the first couple of people that sign up, I'm going to make an announcement, uh, get the first month free and uh, you know, just have some good coaching. But um, so as we're talking here, I, I see Jeremy with his new swag on and mm. we hop on, you know, the show a couple minutes before and talk and I didn't notice it. And I was like, trying to read what the shirt said with the glare on it. 
And then finally, you know, Jeremy stopped moving and it showed and I just had to interrupt the show. Anyway, all right, let's get, let's get back to it. You were talking about the body blade, right? Or something. Body blade was the last one. Um, So going off of beyond the rotator cuff family, um, uh, we mentioned it last time was uh, just, I said, I didn't really do the upper trap levator stretches. And then I started to think about it. I don't do really many stretches at all uh, anymore. I was a stretch king. So beyond those stretches, I used to do the doorway stretch, uh, historically hamstring stretch, uh, the pro stretch forever. Um, other stretches, quad prone, quad stretch. Um, what other ones did I do? Uh, diver stretch for your lumbar erectors. So I, Probably I was talking to my student about this because she mentioned it to her uh, fellow students. So shout out Kayla as my student um, that we just we don't do many stretches. They're still there here and there. But um, the classic 30 seconds by five, that had to be probably at least 50 to 75 percent of what I prescribed most people um, at times. It was just I figured that was just the mentality that we had that I had that we were you know, we stretch people, people need mobility no matter what. And this is before I started my more sports theme practice, but God, I, I, everybody had stretches and then not because it was, I moved over to sports practice or more athletic. It just naturally, just from looking at things like, are these really that effective? I mean, this whole creep thing and having to hold it out there. I mean, that's probably outdated as hell. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, constantly using that test retest model to see if things were effective. I didn't really see too much of a change with stretches. So mm-hmm. overall, they've been kind of weeded out and then occasionally throw in there, but very, very rarely now. Yeah. What about you? Any other ones there, Brandon? Yeah, a I actually more. I have a couple. And then I have one that I actually never used to do. And now I do do Oh, um, switch it up, switching the game up. All right. One thing I don't do at all anymore mm-hmm. is eccentric, whatever for tennis elbow or golfer's elbow um, with the bar and you twist and Heavy twist. You know, most people don't get it. Cause they're, I, I pretend you're, you're wringing out a, a, a you know, towel. And then you let it roll back. So ring it out and then roll back. Anyway, half the time you're just trying to get people to understand what you're doing. Um, but that's not the reason why I don't do it. I just don't do it because most tennis elbows aren't even because they're weak. It's because they're either overused or it's coming from the neck, like we've talked about, or neurodynamics or T-spine or shoulder weakness or something up the chain. Um, and the elbow is just kind of the lucky guy in the middle that, that takes the brunt of it. Mm-hmm um so i don't do that anymore something i stopped doing and then now i'll introduce again is sit-ups um used to not do sit-ups read Stuart mcgill's work loves his you know anti-flexion anti-rotation very big on you know the the mcgill three and stir the pod and all that good stuff there um and he used to equate the spine to like a wire hanger and the more times you, you bend and flex and extend, it's going to just break. Mm. Um, you know, first of all, just very fear mongering. 
Um, you know, and then you listen to Peter O'Sullivan's role, uh, you know, thought process. And it's like the, the spine is a stable, robust structure and we can load it and move it and twist it. And, you know, some people just need some ab strengthening, some core strengthening, awareness, motor control, whatever term you want to use. So um, planks don't solve everything. I, maybe I need that person to be able to generate force the opposite way. Mm. Um, I'll have people do some setups from time to time. Uh, shrugs is another one. You talked about stretching yeah. the levator. You know, a lot of times we think they're, they're tight or so they need stretching. Well, maybe they're tight because they're weak. Mm -hmm. uh, we always talk about mid trap, low trap, some that, that upper trap needs work too. A lot of time it's tight cause it's weak too. It's in spasm mm -hmm. because it's guarding and trying to hold on. Yeah. Um, and I've had some good, really good results with people with neck pain, uh, shoulder blood pain, shoulder pain in general by, you know, just doing, you know, load them up, tell them, grab 25, 35, 45 pound dumbbells and banging out some shrugs. Um, I try not to have them roll forward. I want them to be able to retract halfway and come up. Uh, so we're really trying to get those fibers. If you look at the way, um, you know, on anatomy book, how it kind of comes down like that. I want in that plane and I want it to pinch up in a diagonal manner instead of just kind of coming straight up or forward yeah. and up. I want, I want that. So there is a little specificity towards it. Uh, so I'd say those are, those are kind of like some of the, the, uh, the ones I do or didn't used to do and now do. Mm. I have to hop on there with the, the shrugs. I, I, Oh, I, I crucified the upper trap when I was younger. Like cruise. It was anybody with shoulder pain. Now is I, I, you know, with this, anytime yeah. I was like, your, your traps are overworking, which is why I gave the upper trap stretch. And then I'd take them conal tape and pull their asses mm -hmm. back and the won't even allow for upper rotation. And that's one of the most things when you have pain, if it's, especially if it's a shoulder thing, not anything from the thoracic region or the rib region going upwards, you need to upwardly rotate and you need the upper trap. And I told people like, you got to retract and I fucked up. A bunch yeah, of I did the same and thing. And I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's something I'll throw in some upper trap work now. Um, and that took a lot of, uh, or is always a serratus always one i was like it has to be a weak serratus uh not not trap upper trap but um so yeah i'm definitely in tune with you on that um something uh i don't nearly do as much um i still have it but i uh, used to be a go ham with the uh clamshells one through four i everybody got those um i'm oh, serious yeah, it was like one, and and not many people got the four. I don't know if anybody's really dabbled too much in that, but they did some EMG studies, and that's how they created the number four um, of it. But it's like everyone had to get through that, and pretty much a lot of my lower extremity patients were had to do some sort of always always seem to find some hip abduction weakness um, that I huh. Because you're looking for it. I was looking for it. And I guess I had previous successes with it and all that. So it was always, and then clamshells were right there. And they're there. I'll still utilize them here and there if it's like someone that's really has difficult time with any sort of engagement. Um, but I'll try and do things a little bit more weight bearing, more functional or side planks. We're doing lateral step downs, lateral lunges, and that sort of stuff. But, you know, some of the basics can do work. But it's very rare that I need to go through the whole cycle of one through four, like I used to, um, which is a bitch to do anyways. I don't know if you guys know what clamshell four is. It's like 
regular clamshell plus internal rotation with the hip in the extended position, which is just fucking awful. But yeah, I've never, never done them. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do them a lot. And a lot of people, it's like, I can just look down the line. I was like, well, somebody, and that's where actually how the buns by Boyd, which we've referenced tons of times on this show. That's actually how that name actually came to be. I don't know if I've ever explained that, but no, I just, um, Chris L was alliteration. Yeah. Chris L I won't say his last name was a patient of mine. Um, and I must have two or three clients, I think three, uh, including Kim. And he's, he just looked down the line of like my one, two, three patients. And they were doing some iteration of, of like clamshells or bridges. I can't remember which one. Um, in fact, I remember his name and this was going back, I don't know, four, four five, six years. Um, and he's just like, wow, this must be buns by Boyd here. And, and then I took it and ran with it. I was like, oh, I'm making everyone's glutes, you know, better. And what was the other one? Boyd's bun house. I like that one. Um, I like the but, first one, but it just rolls off. Yeah. That, that one, that one's always stuck. Um, but, uh, it, it, I, ran with it for a while and it wasn't until i you know became more mature that i was just like why am i doing this with everyone is it is it that they're all weak and that sort of stuff and we talk about like modulation of things of like external rotators now i play with some things that you know are those hip abductors as weak as we we think they are um but uh yeah i definitely definitely probably over prescribed some clamshells in my day whoops <laughs> Well, it happens. Part of part of uh, you know, going through clinical practice and learning and reflecting, um, which is you know really the big key point: reflecting um, and our, our practice patterns. So uh, that's fine. I don't do sideline abduction. I I haven't done those since probably year one. Um, I'd rather do some closed chain stuff, and you know that's my bias and reflection. And I'll do my clamshells or side steps, even side steps. I haven't done in forever. Um, yeah, those are easily compensated for. One thing, this kind of goes in, back to manual therapy, dry needling, trigger point dry needling. And we're talking about the traps. You had a tight trap. I was pissed in the shit out of that guy. Search and destroy, getting every trigger point I could find out. You know, the person would leave with a dead arm. You know, they look like uh, Peter and family guy when he has a stroke. Um, just totally just annihilated any trigger point, you know, in the, in the rot, not the rhomboids, um, rotator cuff muscles, infraspinatus, supraspinatus, teres. I was going ham. Um, you know, I know we can't dry needle now, but, uh, right before around the time when it was getting kiboshed, uh, you know, found this stimming, which was better and also stimming the uh, multifidi of the corresponding region instead of going to, you know, the peripheral site. So if it's the elbow tennis elbow, I'm going to C five, six, seven. Um, you know, if it's something in the plantar fascia, I'm looking at, uh, you know, L four, five, one, um, and stimming there and, and getting, you know, really, really good results and fast. Um, or maybe even paraneural needling I was doing, but, instead of the the trigger point dry needling which you know had its short-term effects but um you know i apologize to the people i just pelted away at you know for those uh, couple years when i was just search and destroy search and destroy so mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, um, I mean, we all do it. I mean, from a search and destroy standpoint, all my TMJs that blew up their pterygoids or what I thought were their pterygoids, I really, really am sorry for that. That must hurt like a bitch. And I just did it. They didn't even have any thought. It was like, well, that's just what we do for that. But um, I mentioned something about the plantar fasciitis. I think they just was a systematic review. I could be wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure it was just, that just got released and they're determining that most uh, plantar fasciitis has more central mechanisms of pain than peripheral. Yeah, um, there you go. So, uh, that's another thing that I used to, I used to keep a frozen water bottle, water bottle, water bottle. Geez. It's only a 4.7%. Jesus. <laughs> um, frozen water bottle in the clinic. And all my plantar fasciitis people, they got to roll that out. Um, they got the same water bottle that wasn't washed or clean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> or the, the marble pickups. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's another thing I forgot about. Oof. Um, no, one, no one cleans those yeah no we did we did it was just not that that was really cleansed every we, session yeah so we take them we put them in the cup you know after they played you know, you know footsies with it um and then we drop soap and water and just leave them hanging till like almost the next time we need them sometimes okay. we remember to dump it out again that's really probably not cleaning them um it's so it's better than I've been, seen yeah. and I've been a part of they just put them right back oh, in the dryer and it's like here's the next one. Oh man, that's a that's a story for another day. The uh the cleaning uh hygiene of clinics. I've I've now I have my own clinic and not previously where I worked, they were a good company as well. Um, but the things I used to do as an aide, oof, oof, the used stem pads that everybody used got. Stem pads is disgusting. That's gross. I mean, they're only. I mean, I'm as a business owner now. I know how much they cost. Uh, there's no reason why everyone should share the same stem pads, but there's there's a shockingly surprising amount of people or clinics that do that. But that's something. Yeah. So as an aide, you know, and now as a clinician, that's something I definitely don't do anymore. <laughs> but uh, I don't even have stem pads. Yeah. So you don't use them at all. We have those little portable ones. Yeah, um, that's what I trying use. to order, order for them. And the yeah, uh, I use it for NMES. Um, yeah, which like the more I wiser wiser I get, the more I like. Am I just doing it because I need to? Because that's what they said to. But I've heard some things where, yeah, it can get things going, but leads to more fatigue in the day and kind of trashes the rest of your session um i still you know do it especially for those real sleepy ones but yeah that's the only only form of stem i actually utilize but um yeah that's another thing i'm like i don't even really think it's doing much i haven't really gone crazy like hmm, i'm gonna have a patient like post-op acl no stem at all and then compare someone right at the same time but probably doesn't do much yeah Anything else? Uh, we do. I'm sure there's a whole. There's a whole thing. I used to be uh, used to be crazy with uh, neural tensioners. Um, like as I still guess, do nerve glides. You just have altered your principle. On mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I'll have them like maybe those chronic ones that they're not irritable. They're there, but anybody that I found that had any neural symptoms. 
um, they got tensioners. Um, and now I kind of get why they all didn't get better as quickly as I thought they were supposed to. I was like, I'm the man. I'm the one figuring it out. They've been to like three different people. I figured it out. Mm-hmm. And then my intervention selection was probably uh, didn't help them out. But um, huh? yeah, dosage, again, didn't really play around with flossing that much um, or sliders, whatever can't be believed in. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's always the, the end range. So, but you live and you learn. It's the best part of the profession. Well, uh, hopefully if people are learning, which is hopefully, hopefully everybody listening to this because you wouldn't be listening to us if you're not trying to learn. So yeah, you'd be kudos. To, uh, was it pop smoke or whatever some of these little baby da baby? I, I you ride some. I'm not even gonna pretend to even try and find out. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, I think that's right. pretty good for uh, now the exercises that we, uh, a couple other interventions as well. But um, yeah, any uh, any final announcements there, Brandon? Uh, what do we got? We're in uh, October. Um, we have Jeremy's course in two weeks uh, in uh, what, October 16th, 17th, uh, down at his place, uh, Lumbo Pelvic. Then we have november we have a fun one day extem- extremity total extremity both up and lower uh manipulation course nice fun uh one day course there the week after we have a semi-private course at perfect stride in new york city uh when manual therapy meets movement uh actually that one's getting a lot of buzz so uh hurry up and sign up because we only have a couple seats left for that one and then it's our spinal manipulation course uh to end the year, a big course that's December 4th and 5th. I believe that's whatever the first weekend is of December. Uh, that one usually sells out. So uh, definitely uh, if you're interested in that, um, either ask us or inquire or sign up. So yeah, we'll see you then. Awesome. All right. We already talked about the rehab coaches. So uh, yeah, hopefully we can see you guys around on at some of these courses or in their mentorship. Uh, which we also have the mentorship platform through IOSMT uh, for any people want to do some virtual learning. And uh, yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in guys and uh, cheers everybody. Cheers. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Nips and Sips. If you liked what you listened to, please follow and subscribe to us on all major social media and podcast platforms. Please rate us on Apple podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, interested in one of our courses, go to www.iosmt.com. Interested in business and private practice mentorship and advice? Visit us at therehabcoaches.com. As always, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or recommendations, whether that be clinical or SIPs. At Manips and SIPs, at The Decent Doctor, and at Think Like a Fellow. Thanks for tuning in. And cheers, everyone.